I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 552 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's been a while since I had a professional wrestling dad on the podcast here. And boy, do I got a great one for you guys today. AEW wrestling sensation John Moxley joins me on the podcast. Mox used to wrestle in the WWE under the name Dean Ambrose, where he was a member of The Shield alongside Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, where he also became the WWE champion before switching over to AEW and then winning the world championship title over there as well. Mox has long been regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world. He won the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Award for the most popular wrestler of the year in 2014 and 2015. And then recently in 2020, he topped the list of Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top 500 wrestlers in the world. Mox had a rough upbringing and an estranged relationship with his own father. He tells his entire life story in his new book, Mox, which hits the bookstores tomorrow. Link is in today's show notes. He's also a new dad as well. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. John Moxley will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with John Moxley was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. If you'd like to watch the conversation between myself and the professional wrestling superstar, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you dads out there are wrestling fans, you want to hear some of the other professional wrestling dads that I've interviewed on the podcast, you got to go back and check out my interviews with AJ Styles, Titus O'Neil, and Edge. All those interviews are available in the archives of the podcast for you guys to listen to. And be sure you guys bring it back here for Wednesday's podcast. I will be joined by former teen idol Donnie Osmond joining me on First Class Fatherhood. That one's going to be a banger. Don't miss out on that. Be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it. If you could hit me with a rating review, always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, dads, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with John Moxley. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. What's doing, dads? I've got two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class Fatherhood. First up, the NFL season is back, and the stands are packed once again with fans the way it's supposed to be. If you plan on taking your kids, going with your family, or going with the guys to the game, save $20 on your tickets by going to SeatGeek.com or using the SeatGeek app and use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, First Class, and you get to save $20 off your tickets. Okay, and secondly, you got to go to MyPillow.com and save up to 66% off using my promo code FATHERHOOD. MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD. I'll tell you right now, their pillows are great, but their mattress toppers, their towels, their bathrobes are next level. You got to check them out. MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and you're going to save up to 66% off your order. All right, you got that, guys? SeatGeek, save $20 on your tickets, promo code over there, first class. My pillow promo code over there, fatherhood. All right, two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class Fatherhood. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, John Moxley. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. I hope to be a First Class Father. I'm trying really, really hard to be a First Class Father. And uh, there's a lot going on. We're in the process of moving. We're in the process of selling a house, buying a house. 
I'm traveling a bunch. I'm on the road. I'm, I'm pacing this hotel room. I'm on the I'm on the phone with people and whatever. And then I'm like, okay, let's get on this and let's talk. So like, let's let me vent a little bit on this podcast. About. <laughs> uh, John, if you could please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Oh well, if you don't know anything about me, uh, uh, then my name is John Moxley. I'm a professional wrestler. I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. I've been all around the world. Every city every country every arena every dive bar in the world uh just kind of galvanizing around uh bleeding and swearing and stabbing people in the face with objects and stuff because that's the uh that's the job that i have and the thing that i'm passionate about and you can read a lot about it in my upcoming book and you should whether you're a wrestling fan or not uh i tried to kind of make it a write it in a style that kind of made it a gateway drug into pro wrestling where uh you know if you don't know anything about pro wrestling and you say that's stupid stuff on tv and that's uh, i don't i don't watch that but like oh man it's i feel like just about anybody can become a pro wrestling fan really quickly it only takes one little hook and we'll hook you right in and uh it's the, been the biggest part of my life you know my entire life it's what i do uh, you know and uh and then somewhere along the line i became a father years and years later and uh now here we are and uh it's a crazy journey, man, and uh, I feel like it's a book people are going to, uh, from all walks of life, will be able to relate to, and it, it's my very particular strange story in a very particular strange industry, but I'm just a regular, super regular-ass dude, super flawed, by no means perfect, and I'm very honest, and will just shoot straight with you and tell you exactly what the deal is and that's what the book is so i feel like it'd probably be highly relatable to a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life and i hope that there's people out there that aren't even pro wrestling fans that can pick it up and enjoy it and uh everybody has a human journey whether you're a professional wrestler or an nfl player or uh a circus performer or an accountant or a mailman you have a human journey and we can all kind of relate to our stories. And it makes you feel better when you read somebody else's story about how, like, I just couldn't get that baby to stop crying. I was freaking out. I, I was at my wit's end, you know, and you're like, oh, thank God. At least I'm not the only person going through that or anything, whether that be drugs or uh, divorce or whatever, you know, like, so we're all humans and we all just go through this crazy journey of life and we just try to do our best. I think ultimately most people in the world ultimately just want to be good people and do the right thing. But it's a crazy ride we're on, man. So like, I think we can all kind of enjoy and support each other in our stories. So that's what the book is. It's just a, it's a crazy ass ride. So, you know, you can pick it up. Uh, we pre-order it right now. It's on Amazon. It's called Mox, M-O-X simple as that that's basically what people call me most nine out of ten people just call me mox except my mother who calls me jonathan other than that i'm known as mox and that's what the book name is because it's that simple so uh because it's just me it's kind of just a look inside my brain which is not always uh it gets a little hairy in there sometimes but it's, <laughs> i'm very proud of it so well, listen, I'm going to I'm going to drop a link to the uh, in the description of this podcast episode to the book, Mox, so my listeners can get over there and tap it uh, and check it out. Listen, obviously, wrestling, you know, I think is more popular now than ever. Uh, you know, I've had several wrestling dads on here. AJ Styles, Edge has stopped by. 
Uh, my, my one of my sons is a huge wrestling fan. Uh, so I, what, what got you into it, Mox, at the beginning? What was the onset? What was the, the catalyst that got you involved in, in pro wrestling? I was just uh, exchanging daughter pictures with Edge. She's got two beautiful daughters. And so now I have, like, these friends where, like, all we do is just exchange baby pictures. <laughs> it's like, another, it's like an, somebody else will be annoyed by it who doesn't have kids. But, like, if you got, like, young kids, like, the... There's like group chain texts. I have like all these like people now where all we do is just text baby pictures back and forth because you need to get that out. It's like you got to show somebody this guy will understand and then he'll volley one back to me and I'll be like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. So anyway, but yeah, I started. Uh, I started when I, it's just the only thing I've ever been into. The only thing I've ever loved. It's been. It's been my life, like my very first memories are like of wrestling, like. uh there's not one moment where I went, oh, that's the moment I became a wrestling fan. It's just the only thing I've ever liked or been into. And I, it's been my life for literally my entire, you know, I saw a flyer for a telephone pole, flyer on a telephone pole for like a local indie show and went to it and discovered the advertisement for the re- local wrestling school at 17. And that, that's where the journey started. You can read all about this in the book. So you got to buy the book. I can't spoil it all on here. Mox, I know you got the new book out. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Uh, and Mox, if you could walk me and the listeners through a little bit about your relationship with your dad growing up. For my dad, my dad was not around for a lot of when I was growing up. But, uh, you know, life happens. And he was 19. I'm, I'm 35. When I just had my first kid, right? My dad was 19 when he knocked up my mom. A little bit after that, knocked her up again at my sister. So he's like, he's a kid. Literally, his prefrontal, prefrontal lobe is not even developed. Like, you don't even, you're not even an adult, honestly. Like, your brain's not fully developed. You're like 25, they say. So, like, think of me at 19. I was, cr- I, I could never have raised a child at 19. Are you kidding me? And this guy had two kids at like, so by the time he was like 21, you know, barely, he can't even go buy beer at the gas station. He's got two kids, but we did, we stepped up, worked two jobs. They didn't really have a good relationship. You know, they probably shouldn't have even been married. hundred percent. They shouldn't have even been married. They're not like a good couple. They don't fit together, but they had these kids. And so now they're inextricably linked and he just stepped up and did what he had to do. And he moved to, uh, he had to move to Dallas and he, he worked a bunch of different places because he was doing so well at his job. They were moving him to other places to uh, work at different branches. He worked at a plastic company, right? And uh, so he's gone. But my mom doesn't want to leave, right? Because she's stuck in Cincinnati where we live, right? She doesn't want to move. So he goes to provide. He sends money back. And he's on the road and we don't see him very much. And he's just, he's out there lonely without his kids, away from his kids, sending money back and all this. All I know is I don't understand these things as like a little kid. I just know that he's not there. So when he comes back and he wants to be like Mr. Dad, I'm like, screw you, dude. Like, who the fuck are you? You're not even here. Like, you don't even know where we're going, you know? So I didn't, I didn't understand this till later, like in my twenties, all of a sudden I went, Man, I'm like, 
I can't imagine having two kids right now and having to work. Like I'm just out there gallivanting around the world being a professional wrestler. I'm like, I can't imagine if you just laid me the responsibility of having two children to provide for right now. That's insane. And then I realized like, oh, you weren't not here because you didn't want to be here or something. You were not here because you were providing for us and you were, you were doing the dirty work. And it like hit me like a light. I went, oh, what, you're like the best dad ever. Like, thank you so much for doing that for us. <laughs> you know, like it, it like hit me all of a sudden. So that is all in the book and, you know, stuff about that. And uh, the next one I write, I'll be able to talk about uh, actual fatherhood and actual babies and actual like poop and piss and spit and everything flying everywhere and uh, trying to balance everything and trying to keep my wife happy and trying to keep stress level low. and. Uh, it's it's a challenge, but it's the greatest feeling I've probably ever had in my life. Looking at them, like when your daughter, when you look in her little baby eyes and they just, there's like, it's like hell having a baby for like big periods, you know, it's a craziness. But like the moments of tranquility where they're just being chill and they look at you and they like grab your finger and they look in your eyes and stuff. It's like the greatest, it makes it all like, those those small moments of like, oh, my God, this is the greatest feeling in the world. This is all I want to do now. Literally, this is all I want to do. I just want to be a dad. Like, literally, your life changes. They give you a lot of, uh, I heard a lot of speeches about, uh, sorry, you know, everybody talks about how, like, oh, the minute you hold your, your kid for the first time, your entire life changes. It was not like that for me initially because it was too surreal. Like it all happens in like a, it all happens so fast. Like all of a sudden, like you're in a hospital. All of a sudden you just have this kid in your hand. You're like, it's a little bit, I've never held a baby in my life until I held my daughter. So I'm like, it was too surreal. I didn't have that like crazy moment of, I was looking forward to it. Cause everybody told me as soon as you hold your kid, everything's going to change. Didn't really happen like that. It took some time. Cause like, uh, they're almost like more of a pet at first. Like, there's these weird little creatures, and they're funny, and you kind of take care of them, and, like, it, it's, like, surreal. But then over time, they start becoming, like, real humans, and they start developing, like, a little personality, and they start looking at you, and you start developing a relationship with them, and they become this, like, little mini-human. And, like, I think it was, like, last week. Like, literally, like, last week, it hit me. And all, all of a sudden, I hit this, like, next level of dadism that I didn't know I had in me. Before that, I was just kind of doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing and everything. And there's like sometime around last week, it just hit me. And I was just like, I don't give a shit about literally anything else except this. I just want to be a dad. I just want to take care of her. I just want to do whatever needs to be done. I just want to hang out with her. I just want to be with my wife and my family and just be here and do this. And I was like, that was the moment that everybody talks about. It took a few months. It wasn't in the minute I held her in my arms in the hospital. It was like, it took a while, but like, God damn, is it like the greatest, most intoxicating feeling ever? And I don't know like how like, anybody could not want that. So dude, like it's the greatest man. Being a dad is the greatest gift I've ever had in my life. It's great. Yeah. Very well said, John. Yeah. And I, 
listen, I, I bring a lot of like, um, you know, NFL dads on here that have won the Super Bowl. And some of them liken it to when they win the Super Bowl and they're holding the trophy. The announcer will ask them, hey, what's it like to be a Super Bowl champion? And they're like, well, I don't know. It hasn't really hit me yet. And it, a lot of dads explain it that way. It doesn't hit at the moment. Uh, it, it definitely, you know, for a lot of dads, it'll take that time uh, to seep in there. I got four kids myself. I couldn't agree with you more. It's the greatest experience in my life. And just back it up just for a minute here. I know you you got you have your you had your first kid. How old is she now and how is she doing? Uh, she was, she's about, uh, what day is it today? So she was born on June 13th. So she's like four and a half, four and a half months now. And just like becoming the most beautiful creature I've ever seen in my life. Like I'm all like, I don't want her to have any of my genes. Cause I'm kind of a, you know, I got, I'm like, I got bad DNA, man. Like, let's just, but my wife is the greatest human that ever lived. Renee. And I'm like, I just wanted to be like a little Renee. I'd be totally happy with that. But yeah, like, on that, John, what, what would you say are the top values you're hoping to instill in your daughter growing up? Oh, I mean, just, you know, uh, well, I guess I should plug my book. I guess you should read about this in my book. Like, uh, basically, <laughs> you know, just, you know, just, man, like, I'm not even there yet, man. I'm still like, I'm still changing diapers and trying to keep her crying. You know what I mean? I, I don't even have like, I do not have a speech about values prepared yet, you know, but like, I think the most, it's kind of like simple shit. Just like, don't be a dick, do the right thing. Like, you know, what's right and wrong, but like, you're going to make mistakes. And I guess I should keep plugging my book, you know? So like in this book, you read about every mistake possible I've ever made in my life, which is a million because I've made every dumb mistake or whatever. But ultimately at the end of the whole journey, I realized like, my dad, who was not there every day, still was able to, like, instill in me this, uh, like he said this, I don't want to spoil anything in the book, but I've said this on TV before. I said it in a promo on AEW once. Like he said to me once, he picked me up from the police station after I was arrested. And he just happened to be in town, right? So I'm thinking my mom is going to pick me up or she's going to have somebody else pick me up or something. And my dad picks me up scares the shit out of me i'm like oh my god like i think he's gonna beat the fucking shit out of me right like i'm sorry if i'm swearing on this yeah terrifying he doesn't do any of that he just says look whatever is happening or whatever's going on whatever's going on around you no matter what everybody else is doing just remember that we are the good guys we're the good guys. Okay. That's all he said. Like it fucking stuck in my head like forever. And it's not some like genius, crazy. It's common sense. It's kind of like he just put it to me like that. The way like, because I was around a bunch of other kids doing stupid shit. And there's like drugs and there's stealing and there's like crime and all this shit. And like, but he knew I wasn't like, I was just in, that was the environment I was in. Right. So like whatever's going on around you, if everybody else is doing this or that or whatever. You got to remember, we're the good guys. We don't do bad things. We don't lie or cheat or steal or do anything harmful to other people. We help other people. We we're fucking basic, simple, like. You're the good guys in the story. You are not the bad guy in the story. You know what I mean? You do the right things. You know what those are. 
you know, like, so, uh, yeah, I guess you got to read the book to, uh, get it more eloquently explained than I can explain right now, but that's, uh, that's a big part of it. And that really, uh, and I realized years later how much that really shaped my life and helped me make the right choices and decisions and stay on the course to just like, that's all I try. Like, I'm not perfect by any fucking means whatsoever, but I will. I try to be one of the good guys and not one of the bad guys around here, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that gets confusing, especially today. It's hard to know what's the right thing and the wrong thing or whatever. But if you just go back to basic, like, simple, like, hey, be a nice guy. Don't be a dick. Don't be, you know, like, you know, the difference between right and wrong, you know, like, do the right thing. Sometimes it's not easy, but to figure out what the fuck is the right thing to do. But as long as you just maintain, like, like that's that's what I always go back to. Just we're the good guys. Do the good thing. Don't do the bad thing. And somehow I feel like that's just a, it's a good just moral compass that'll kind of probably lead you to doing something close to the right thing, you know. Yeah, very well said, John. Yeah, listen, I'm right there with you for for the better part of my life in the early half. I I was I got involved in the wrong way of life. I was always looking to get over on people. I was hustling, cheating, lying, stealing, and uh, it really led me down a recovering alcoholic, recovering addict. Uh, you know, so the whole shooting match. And so yeah, de- definitely the transformation from trying to take advantage of people to try to be of service of people uh, has drastically changed my life around as well. And I wanted to get a hitter here on on, on your wife now. What is it like for you watching Renee? Uh, become a mom what has that experience been like for you oh she picked it up instantly or i feel like i'm like trying to figure it out as i go and like this got thrown at me and i don't like i'm not qualified and then all of a sudden i started to pick it up she was a mom instant i, I don't know if it's like that for maybe it's just because they have the biological connection with them and everything like she just instantly became a mom like super mom like instant and it's amazing to watch and i'll be honest with you i find it very attractive too oh my god i love her so much it makes me just it's like it makes you just love everything more like you become this like family and like just oh my god it's just, i love I, it's so it's disgusting like i've become one of those guys that like shoves my phone in people's face and goes look at pictures of my baby look at it where like I never used to like babies. I used to like puppies. Like you know, I'd be like puppies are pretty cute, but like you shove this picture of your baby in my face. I'm not like a baby guy. I don't really get it. Now I'm like that guy who's like, look at the picture of my baby. She's so cute. I put her in a little Pearl Jam T-shirt. We got you know, and oh look at it. You know, and the people people are probably getting so annoyed with me because all I do is talk about my daughter and shove pictures in their face and. That's all me and my wife talk about now. It's just, it's the greatest thing, man. It's just so great. I highly recommend it. (laughs) What's next for you here, Mox? You, you, you guys planning on having any more kids? You want it done here? What kind of goals or plans you have for the future here? Uh, I think she does. I'm like, man, this is a lot of work. I don't know, but you know, I get to, you know, when I got done writing this book and everybody who wrote a book told me, as soon as they were done writing a book, they were like, I will never write another book again. Because it's mentally, emotionally, physically, it's exhausting process to write a book. And they said, I will never write a book again until they're about to write another book. And I said, I'm never going to do another 
ladder match again. I'm never going to do another death match again. I'm never going to do another this or that until it's time for the next one. And all of a sudden, it looks like I'm doing it again. So I assume that I'm going, let's never have another kid again. We'll quickly turn into having another kid again. So I could totally, I could just see it going that way without, and man, more than one? Oh my God, that sounds crazy. But one is crazy. Let's just keep, let's just keep the story rolling. Might as well, yeah. So I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, I slipped another one past the goalie, so to speak. Well, I can tell you from my end here, it gets better with each one, uh, Mark. So I, I wish you the best of luck with it. Let's get more kids going here. And the last thing I want to hit you with, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast here. I'm curious to hear your answer four months into the game. What kind of advice do you have for that new or for that about-to-be father that's out there listening? Uh, I mean, pragmatic stuff. I don't have anything genius. Simple stuff. Gripe water. They love gripe water. They get real gassy. It's just little stuff called gripe water. If you have a kid, get some gripe water. Uh, I'll tell you this. I just realized this recently. And this is, another. you know, in my book, there's a big guide to marriage, right? I never thought I'd be a married guy. I thought I'd be a swinging bachelor forever. I thought I was a lone wolf destined to roam the countryside by myself forever. And I am finding the most beautiful girl in the world. And like 30 seconds later, I was like, oh, you just want to be together forever then? Boom. I got really lucky with that. But still, marriage is a skill you have to kind of learn. There's like some stuff. So I'm by no means a genius. But I give you some tips and tricks along the way of what I've learned. And one of them, I will spoil it here because it's not really that big of a spoiler. It's pretty common sense. And it's been it's a common phrase. Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. As long as she is happy and she's not stressed and she's not freaking out, especially right now, we're doing all kinds of stuff. We're trying to move. I'm working. I'm on the road. I'm in and out. Right. So I come in off the road. I've been up for 24 hours. I tag in. I grab the baby. Now I'm holding the baby. Now she has to go to work. She does like radio shows and all this stuff. So it occurred to me, it is always, like I said, like last week, it was like I hit like super dad mode all of a sudden. If you do, so here's the advice. Things like doing the dishes, taking out the garbage, making sure the house is clean, lemon pledging the freaking counters, keeping doing all the like housework stuff that us dudes never did our entire lives, right? If you get ahead of the game on that, it's like if you're like a line cook, you know, it's not just cooking for eight hours. You got to do pre-prep. You got to clean as you go. You got to prep for the next day. There's all kinds of other little stuff. That makes the whole situation run smoothly. So if you can do the dishes, if you can mop the floors, take out the garbage, do the laundry. I cooked for the first time in my freaking life the other night because she was taking a nap and was all stressed out. I said, give me your phone. I took her phone away. I said, get off your phone. You're taking a nap. Put her ass into bed. Shut the door. Put the little white noise machine on. I was like, you need to take a nap. And I went down, cleaned the whole house. I'm playing with the baby at the same time. And it occurred to me, I'm like, fuck, well, now she's napping. I, she can't make dinner. And then I'm like, I could order some food. And I'm like, you know what would really score some points? If I cooked. <laughs> I'm going to try to cook something. So I grabbed, I made some rudimentary meal chicken. It was terrible. Boy, did it score some freaking points. But my point is, if you stay ahead of the game with all that little stuff that you'll stress out about, if it builds up, 
It will make her less stressed, which will make you less stressed, which will make life better. It's a lot, man. It's a full time job. So, you know, when you so you got to you got to look at everything. You can't just chill out and play video games. And luckily, I don't play video games, but like. Can't just sit on the couch and hope everything's going to be okay. You got to like actively work to make your household run smoothly, you know? Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, John Moxley, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I told you, man. It was nice. Oh, it's great. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to John Moxley for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. If you plan on taking your son or your daughter or your family to any wrestling matches, buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com. You can help support the podcast here and save $20 on your tickets. Go buy the tickets at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you'll save $20 on your tickets and help support the podcast here. All right, make sure you bring it back Wednesday. Donny Osmond joins me on the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.